Well, have you ever wondered what your epithet might say? If not, no worries. We are going to take a look, though, at some of the more peculiar ones throughout history. And joining me to do that is Johnny Thompson, philosopher and writer for Big Think. Thank you so much for being with us. Oh, thank you for having me. This is something we don't talk about all that often, but a bizarre history of epithets. Let's start with the, the obvious. What exactly is an epithet? Right, so yeah, an epithet is the other... Uh, the, 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 the few words that you have after a historical name. So I think a lot of your listeners might be familiar with someone like um, William the Conqueror, perhaps, or Alexander the Great, or or Darius the Great, or someone like um, Ivan the Terrible. So the kind of the the bit which comes after their name is is their epithet. It's kind of like a like a mini autobiography or kind of like a summation of of a life in a few words. And of course, it's quite important if you want to uh, be remembered well by future generations, you want to secure a really good epithet. Because uh, I think even historical figures realize that once, you know, the history books were written, these, these kind of epithets are what people remember you for, really. So it's really important to secure a good one. Yeah, yeah and especially if, if you only have a couple of words, you want to make sure you're, you're picking the right words or getting the, the best ones, aren't you? Well, exactly, and 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 some of the and some of the names that we might discuss today are, are yeah, I feel, I, you feel a little bit sorry for them sometimes because sometimes the epithets aren't necessarily that fair. I mean, they had pretty kind of uh, kind of like good careers and they and they did a lot of good stuff, but they're remembered by these these few words which come after their names, really, which is uh, I'd say a little bit slanderous. Well, let's go through some of the perhaps the lesser known one, like like you just said, some of the ones people will will remember and and know about. They they tend to be complementary, but there are some that that really aren't. So what are some of the more bizarre epithets well absolutely so you have um so one of my favorites is ethelred the unready um because um I, well it's a little bit unfair because ethelred is this saxon king who was around in like the late 10th century time um, ad um and he was uh, he was king of saxon britain and this was a time when the vikings were basically marauding through the country and they were kind of like uh, pillaging and destroying places and he was seven years old when he took over the throne um and he inherited the throne after his mum killed his brother and, and, and basically put him on the throne and claiming that he was, he was an easier puppet king, basically. So this young seven-year-old Ethelred had to essentially repel the, the strongest Viking force in a century. And uh, yeah, history's um, tarred him with the name un, Unready. And I mean, it's a little bit... Um, so the word Unready in, in ancient Saxon actually is a, is a bit different to what it, we mean it today. It actually, you know, so it comes from the word Unread, which means a, a bad counsel or, or folly. So when we say Ethelred the Unready, it immediately means he just had really bad advisors around him and then they kind of <laughs> guided him wrong. I mean, so when, when you're talking about kings in the past, it's quite, it's quite common not to criticise the king per se because, um, you know, that, that essentially they have kind of divine right to be there according to the um, old, old, older ages and stuff. So what you do is you criticise the, the advisors around him. So calling him Ethelred the Unready would be to say that he had bad advisors. But um, yeah, I mean, he, he had a bad time. It really kind of floundered from defeat to defeat and eventually he kind of lost Britain really he lost um, to King Canute of, of the Vikings who became king of England for for two decades so yes that's the first one Ethelred done ready um, hmm. but my but my all-time favorite one is uh, Evelo the, the Cabbage <laughs> um, which is it, it's not the most kind of noble of names in history and that's and that was intentionally so really so it was kind of like a bit of a, an anti-Evelo propaganda after he died so so this is in Bulgaria in the 13th century and um, back then I mean Bulgaria is caught between the rock and the hard place and, and, and the rock is is the Byzantine Empire and the hard place are the hordes of Mongols who are you know probably the deadliest the most feared force for a millennia 
in in Eurasian continent. Um, so you have in in Bulgaria at the time an emperor called Constantine Tick, who's essentially just a really incompetent lump, who, whose mm-hmm. only skill is that he can he get killed really easy, he gets his men killed. So um, when he faces against the Mongols, of course, then you know he, he's he's rubbish, and so you want something better, you want anyone better, and that and that anyone is is Avelo, who who is a peasant, and he keeps ki- um, keeps pigs. So what he does, he 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 gathers together essentially a militia of farmers who are armed with like pitchforks and and you know fairly stinky and stuff. And then what they did, they they stood up to the Mongols and and miraculously they managed to beat back the Mongols at least at least for a while. And so um so Velo, you know, of course he got this legend kind of like built up around him. He attracts more and more followers, and eventually Constantine Tick, this emperor of Bulgaria, realizes that you know he can't have this this upstart kind of like doing his job for him. So he ends up just marching an army towards him, and then that army itself is then beaten by Velo, the, the this this peasant um, militia leader. Um, it's even said that Velo himself killed the emperor in this kind of like heroic kind of like Hollywood esque kind of like hand to hand combat scene. Um, but I mean the story doesn't really end very well for Velo because. Um, when the Byzantines essentially launch a massive invasion of him and his kind of like his his village, and um, he realizes that he hasn't got a chance. So what he does, he petitions the Mongols and says, "Look, guys, I I will be your puppet king if you want, which is something they do uh, quite often. If you um, kind of basically defeat the Byzantines for for me, and 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 they said no, and they murdered him hmm. instead. And so uh, yeah, I mean, it's a different time, isn't it? Really? Um, <laughs> yes. And yeah, <laughs> and so yeah, and so so they the the Byzantines and the Mongols both kind of like unfairly tarnished him as being the cabbage or sometimes the swineherd, which is a, meant to be this sneering priggish kind of classist kind of put down. But you know, I I think it's quite cool actually. Um, so yeah, you got you got a veil of the cabbage. Um, another one is uh, called, called Mithridates, um, the Poison King. Um, and so Mithridates was a, a king of Pontus, which is um, was one of Rome's kind of most determined enemies. Um, and his dad was killed by poison, by, by arsenic, we think. Um, and so when he was young, uh, Mithridates basically ran, his, ran off into the woods and embarked on a, on a series of, a regime, sorry, of, of anti-poison microdosing. He, hmm. he took every poison that was known to the ancient world so he could build up this immunity to him because he was, he was really paranoid and obsessive that he would be killed the same way his dad was killed and he, and, and he wanted to make sure it didn't happen. So, uh, yeah, when he became king, um, he, he carried on this kind of this system of kind of like constantly taking lo- small doses of poison poison so that he would become immune and he'd even take condemned criminals and he'd force them to take this or that lethal concoction just to make sure that his his doses were dialed in correctly um and it all kind of kind of came up with a slightly ironic twist because um when so he his armies were defeated by pompey who was this kind of great roman gen, general and, and essentially the Pont- pontus as a nation was was ended so he decided he, he tried to, to commit suicide tried to kill himself but he tried to commit um, commit suicide by by poisoning himself um, and so today, still, we, this, this Mithridatism is, is the name we give to kind of microdosing. So if you want to take a, a small dose of something to build immunity to it, like um, uh, I mean, essentially alcohol is, is, is that really. It's, 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 alcohol is a poison. So the more, the more alcohol you drink, the better your body is at, at dealing with it. So hmm. that is really a kind of modern form of Mithrid, Mithridatism, really. Uh, I don't know how, how many more you have time for. Do you have time for one more? Let's do or? one more. Sure. Um, because <laughs> it's the Vikings and the Vikings, um, they, they love a good epithet. So you have some like Harold Bluetooth where we get the, the Bluetooth kind of communication thing from Harold Bluetooth. And you have Ivar the Boneless and you have Kettle Flatnose and Olvir the Child Sparer and Einstein Foul Fart. Um, which is a which is a fun one. I mean, given the Vikings weren't the most decorous of people, it's you know it's quite impressive to be called the foul fart. I think, but um, you have you have one character called Half Dan the Bad Entertainer. 
um, which I think this is, this is one of the most unfair ones of, of the lot, really, to be honest, because he, he was a really good king. He, 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 he was raids were successful and his lands were always secure and, and his people were very prosperous and he, and he always paid his men on time. But he was really miserly with celebrations that when he would have feasts, um, he would be very kind of like a Spartan with uh, the food and he would give very small amounts of alcohol and, and ale and things. And of course, if you're a Viking, you've just freshly back from a, a hard summer's raiding and risking your life. You want a kind of a good knees up. So when your chief doesn't do that, you kind of like you, you whisper among yourself and say, oh, you know, he's half than the bad entertainer. Um, I say, which is which is cruel, really, given that he was he was quite a good leader. And um, I mean, same as true of someone like like Charles the Bald in history actually it was an, it's an ironic name Charles the Bald had a massively full head of hair mm. so all we now remember him as being Charles the Bald is, was a joke and likewise half than the the bad entertainer we remember him as being a bad entertainer when actually you know he did quite a lot of good other stuff but yeah great uh, chatting with you uh, this morning thank you so much <laughs> thank thank you thank you